Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Randy Ford. Good morning, everybody. This is Howard Fox from the Success Insight Podcast. I hope you are having a great start to your week. And uh, this morning, I'm very excited to introduce you to Robina Egamonier. Ega is a Robina Egamonier is a PhD. She first tried to publish a short story decades ago in Red Book, which was a woman's magazine that also published fiction stories. Now, she is also an accomplished educator. Uh, she's a native of uh, Anderson, and that's South Carolina, I believe. And her first fiction novel was The Fence Mender, which was published in December. A few years ago, she wrote a children's book about Alzheimer's called When My Grandma Sings. And years before that, she wrote a teacher's classroom discussion guide. The Fence Mender highlights issues such as education, poverty, ethnicity, and class, and is influenced by the author's own personal beliefs about those topics. So very excited to welcome you, Robina, to the Success Insight Podcast. Thank you for having me. So, Robina, you know, when we first started to recognize as we were doing the podcast, we had many accomplished authors there, and we put out a call on LinkedIn to try, let's see what kind of authors we can bring in. And I have to say, the first selection of authors, all those topics kind of dealt with the zombie apocalypse, all right? Oh, okay. Uh, that's what I said. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> when you, uh, you reached out to us and introduced yourself, I was very excited because I love the fact that, you know, as an educator, a teacher, uh, and a book author, you had quite the message. And so I would love if you could weave a little story for us this morning for our listeners about who you are and the work that you have produced and why they are so special and near and dear to your heart. So please uh, share with us. All right. I was, as I said, I was born in Anderson, but I grew up in North Carolina, and I was very privileged, I, but poor, but our family emphasized edu uh, formal education, and the school that we went to, uh, Ada Jenkins Elementary, the teachers were excellent. And so I had a very good start. I ended up later, after listening to parents who over and over again, who themselves had been formerly educated, I went away to school and I went to a Catholic school, Sacred Heart, and then to uh, University of North Carolina Greensboro, and then finally I got my master's or I went to the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. There I met a, uh interesting young man by the name of Undubisi Egomanier. And even though we were from different cultures, we found a lot that was in common. And so eventually I wrote for, he was involved in newspapers, starting up a newspaper. We were involved uh, in a lot of things. We got married in uh, Manchester, England, and we had uh, quite the big wedding. There were over 300 guests, and the, for example, the reception lasted from 2 until 8 at night. So you can imagine what that was. And so That's we came back deal. to the U. 
<laughs> so we came back to the U.S. where we had a business in downtown Chapel Hill, and eventually we decided to move to Nigeria. And there I was in Nigeria for uh, approximately 10 years as a wife, mother, and uh, also a student. I was admitted to the uh, University of Lagos, eventually for a Ph.D., and there I began to write, as I had done earlier, when I was about nine years old, I sent a uh, short story off to Red Book, and uh, that the lady was nice enough to send it back to me. She corrected it and encouraged me to continue writing. That's great. And so <laughs> after all these years, I've been you know playing around with it. We took a course at the University of North Carolina together, my husband and myself at that time. Uh, we took a course at, uh, in creative writing and all of that. So when I got to Nigeria, my focus was upon, of course, raising my children and making sure that they got to, they went to Lebanese community school in Nigeria. They had to make sure they got up for buses and all that. But I also was interested in pursuing my formal education because I had already been readmitted to get a PhD in, uh, in the U.S. and also to, uh, to get a law degree. So I said, let me, while I'm sitting here practically doing nothing, let me continue and work toward a PhD. Eventually, I earned a PhD. I became the first American to ever earn a PhD from an African university. Really? And so, uh, yes. And I got uh, my uh, dissertation was on the OAU, Organization of African Unity. It is now called the African Union. But at that time, I actually went to Ethiopia to do my research, even though Russians were there. And my husband you know, uh, looked after me. He he was a, a wealthy man, and so he uh, made sure that he knew the person uh, in charge of the OAU, the office. And so day I was uh, taken back and forth from my hotel by car and all that kind of stuff. I got to research. I did a lot of research there and brought the research back and wrote my uh, dissertation. Uh, eventually, after 10 years, uh, I decided that, you know, it was better for me to leave under the prevailing circumstances. And so I, I left with my four daughters. And I will, people ask me, well, was someone mean to you or anything like that? No, it's just that there was a difference between, and I'm very upfront about it, my husband wanted a son. I had had four daughters, and I thought that was enough for me. So I, yeah. I, <laughs> so I, I left, and uh, I came back to the U.S. After they certified my credentials, which they do, I, I was shocked when I learned I worked for Greenville Technical College for a while. And I was shocked when they told me, Oh, we know you got your PhD. We called. <laughs> we called Nigeria. They did so a reference was, check on you. <laughs> they did. But there are agencies that will verify that in New York, and each state has different agencies that they ask to check on. I mean, they just don't take your word for it. They verify it. 
So after it was verified and everything, and uh, I started teaching. Now, I decided against teaching. I was offered a position there, but I decided that I needed to be near my children. Needless to say, they were very upset about what was going on, and I needed to be near them. So my aunt, who is a teacher, I'm third-generation college educated in my family, and so we are celebrating fifth-generation education. And so I uh, was able to get the same amount, just by the same amount of money, teaching uh, in public schools as I would have in a college or university. Rubina, uh, when did the, with all this teaching now, when did the, the books start? start to be on your, you know, contemplating that, that writing and creating those books. When did that start? It started about 10 years ago. My first book was called When My Grandma Sings, and it is about a little girl named Della, who is probably, uh, Grandma was a once famous uh, gospel singer, but she has developed uh, Alzheimer's. And so the book deals with that and how Della helps her grandmother in this new way of life for her. One of the things uh, here I write is from the book, uh, and it has given me a lot of notoriety. When my grandma sings, the sun seems to shine through brightly even if the rain is pouring outside. When she sings, she glows, and my heart is filled with joy. When my grandma sings, people get down on their knees, people shout, people laugh, and some cry. Next came the state of course, a veteran guide for new teachers. Now, I've won uh, different types of awards, like uh, Who's Who Among American Teachers and Outstanding American Teachers, National Honor Roll. And uh, uh, I've always been impacted by not what teachers say, but what my students have said about my teaching style. And in this, I give a uh, an indication on what I think it will take to make a great teacher, the type of things that you have to do in the classroom. And it's called Stay the Course. That's what my mother used to say, a veteran teacher's guide for new teachers. So this is something to introduce one to new teachers. And in my appendix, I have a statement by a former student of mine of why she thought I was an outstanding teacher. That's fantastic. And what a testimonial from students. Yes, sir. And then next came First Wife, a memoir of my time in Nigeria, the memoir of Nigerian Night. And if I have time, I'll tell you how they nicknamed me uh, Nigerian Night. But my life was not that rough. There were times that you had to get along without uh, electricity and running water. But eventually, my husband was able to build us a big house. So he had all the water and all the electricity, all these different things there for us and I had a car for the rainy season, a car for the dry season. Remember it was a Russian car called a Lada. Drove driving straight drive. Uh the next one that I'll talk about is a woman apart. That's my most recent one. It's a novel by Great Expectations. It deals with ex slaves who go back to Africa following the American Civil War. Not many people are aware of the fact that there was an American colonization society that uh, tried to send, that was founded in 1816, that tried to send ex-slaves, free slaves, not fugitives, but 
freed slaves back to Africa. The British had uh, one also in Sierra Leone. It's called Freetown. And the Americans established a place called Monrovia in Liberia. Monrovia actually was named in honor of POTUS James Monroe. Most people are not aware of all these historical facts. So I'm looking at that, but I mean, uh, this is a novel, so one needs to understand that. There's the, some uh, context there. Yeah, some historical, some references. Defense Mender is about a young, two young boys. One is white, his name is Blue, and the other one is black, his name is Jukes. And they have had uh, difficult times. It, uh, they are raised by grandparents, essentially, although Blue has had a decent life at first, even though he, uh, he talks about his mother and how she used to read to him and how she was so nice and everything. He has this ability to write, and he's encouraged by his teachers, and he wins an award. And, but uh, he ends up in a very desperate straits. He uh, is wheeled into a regional ER in South Carolina. It's a trailer park. He's badly hurt, barely clinging to life. And the doctor takes an interest, and she discovers his papers and his writing. And from this, she gets some uh, things. It's called The Fence Mender. The and then Fence and then Mender. A lot of people, it is being featured at Barnes and Nobles. And a lot of people just type in Fence and Mender together. You have to keep them separated out. We in order will, to- we'll definitely uh, keep those separated out and, and provide links back to our listeners you know, for you in the Fence Mender. You know, I was really, I loved, and you slipped that in on me when you, you shared a little bit uh, when Grandma, some uh, few lines from when Grandma says and sings. sings when, my grandma sing. when Grandma sings. I would love if you could, you know, if you've got a couple lines you can share from the fence mender. All right, I will, because it is quite, uh, I think, this is kind of sad in a way, because before my mother, Mrs. McGregor, died, my family life was wonderful. We lived in a three-bedroom, two-bath, double-wide trailer built in our own yard. We had trees, flowers, and even a willow bush. Roy Corey McGregor, my father, married my beautiful mother when they were teenagers, both without a high school education. He specialized in custom fencing and gate making. He forged wrought iron into the most beautiful fences you ever want to see. He also created custom-made wood enclosures. Our family traveled all the time to Aiken, Allendale, and Barnwell, three places in South Carolina known for breeding beautiful thoroughbred horses. Expensive horses need steady fences. You have to know some math, science, and some zoning information in order to make it work. When people invest that kind of money, you have to do a good job. The fence should be made to last. Fences are so practical. They can be used for many purposes and can be made in different styles. They they help to keep out that which should stay out. A fence can be made of different things, and it talks about that. When I was 10, my mom became pregnant. My mom was a free spirit and passionate lady. She liked to travel with us. One day in July, we headed for Aiken. We never made it there. The police were pursuing a criminal who crashed his car into the front passenger side where my mom sat. She and my unborn sister were pronounced dead at the scene. 
The criminal died that day, too. I don't miss him. I miss my mom. Since my mother's death, my father has buried his grief in illegal drugs, alcohol, and jail. Each day I pray he will somehow overcome and join me when I get older to become the greatest fence menace of them all. Written by James, or that was his name, but he told his teacher he wants to be called Blue, and she promised to call him that if he continued to write, because he won this essay, won him, and there is a lieutenant governor's writing award for grade five. There is an actual award like that in South Carolina. He talks about, he goes first to his uncle's house, and he said he's a good old boy and everything like that. He says that his uncle uh, loves him, but his uncle's wife does not like him at all. And so uh, there were difficulties there. He talks about how he meets his friend, uh, Jukes. And he said, I turned around, and there stood one of the ugliest skinny boys that I've ever seen. I replied, to, he asked me, what are you doing here? I replied with the same question. We kept this going for some time. It was Veterans Day and school was out. So if he or I asked a question, the same question would be repeated. I got fed up and introduced myself as Blue, and he introduced himself as James Gray Third or Jukes. I told him about how, why I was there. He explained that. As a baby, he had lost both his parents in a drive-by shooting. Papa G, his paternal grandfather, gained custody of him, even though his parents were not married. Papa G took him everywhere, even to jukebox joints. The latest dad would take care of him while Papa G had a good time. Soon everyone called him Jukes. Mm-hmm. And Jukes had spirit, but he had sickle cell anemia. Wow. So uh, it's, it deals with so many modern problems there. Eventually, his father dies, and he, uh, his, his uncle is killed in Afghanistan. I talk about war in that because he's in the armed forces, and uh, for a while it looks like he's going to make it out because his uncle takes, but he loses it, and his uh, aunt is very horrible to him. So... But he knows how to do a lot of things. He's very old for his age. He drives, and that's not surprising that southern boys always drive uh, when they're some as young as eight or nine. And so I allow him that. He drives his uncle's car and all of that kind of his uncle. When they were alone out somewhere in the country, the uncle would allow him to do these things. And then he ends up with his grandmother. They call her Grand D. And this is the way a lot of children are ending up now in our society with grandparents. That sure. is quite a phenomenon. Someone told me that I was rare, but uh, so far that has not happened. I'm blessed. And that's mm-hmm. why I always like to say that I, you know, I don't care how poor or anything like that. People will say, oh, you left for millions. And I, I said, no, I consider myself blessed. I have survived, and I'm happy. Every day above ground is great. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Rabina, I, I truly appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing some excerpts from uh, The Fence Mender and really spending part of your, uh, your morning with us to talk about, you know, your background and your works. And it's, uh, so many things are going through my mind. And in fact, even people that I want to introduce you to that have come into my circle of 
a friend that actually goes overseas quite a bit to uh, Ethiopia. Oh, okay. And she works with uh, business women, business uh, leaders to develop their leadership capacity capabilities. And I, I think you and uh, Sable would enjoy meeting each other. And then I have a friend down in Texas who wrote a book about bringing the joy back in teaching. And I think it's a nice conversation. So I definitely want to introduce you to those two. Before we you know, sign off on today's uh, Success Insight podcast, we're, we are going to put the links back to uh, the book's availability on, on, on Amazon. Where else can our listeners learn more about you and your work? Do you have a website, an email, Facebook? What's the uh, LinkedIn? What's the best uh, way? Well, I've sent, uh, I will send you a link. I do have a website, but the best thing to do is to Amazon, Books a Million, uh, Barnes & Noble, best thing to do is to type in my name, Robina, and then Egamaye, and click, and I'm there. Excellent. <laughs> and excellent. Now, uh, if folks want to contact you, uh, should they, can they do that through the website, or is there uh, an email that you use, or leave it at that at the, uh, at the website? Well, you can, can send me the information on my email. And uh, that would be uh, fine with me. Uh, if uh, someone wants to contact, they can certainly. I don't mind my uh, them contacting me on my uh, email uh, site, uh, as you know, or either I'm on Facebook too. Okay. And I've sent that link to you, and Great. I'm on, of course, uh, the uh, one that we met on. So uh, sure, like that. that uh huh. So okay. uh, that is uh, fine, too. It's, you know, I'm always uh, answering people on Facebook and all of that and talking to That's them about my books and work. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, it's, uh, I'm very grateful that you've told that you've taken the time out of, uh, you know, your, your, your morning to, to join us today to share about your background and the books. Okay. Well, and thank I, you I so much. Yeah, and I wish you much success, and and hopefully, though I'm sure there'll be more books uh, in your in your future. And uh, really, the, you know, the, between the Grandma Sings, I mean, that just spells a note for me. And then the Fence Mender, you know, the First Wife, Woman Apart, and Stay the Course, Your Teacher's Guide. I mean, it just that's phenomenal. I barely got one book out, so uh, I just uh, I I really have to admire just the. The, the creativity and the, and to be able to weave those kinds of stories. So congratulations. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So hang on just a minute while we sign off, Robina, and uh, talk a little bit more. Um, folks, there you have it. Uh, we have been chatting with uh, Robina Ega Monier. Uh, she's the author of Fence Mender. She just shared a couple excerpts from that. And she also shared a, a, an excerpt from when grandma sings and this is the kind of guest we'd love to have on the success insight podcast so uh folks wherever you are whatever you're doing it's the start of the week here and go out there have a phenomenal day and we'll see you uh, on another episode of success insight podcast have a great day success insight is a production of fox coaching and first story strategies Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.